0: Thank you. Uh, it's great to be with you this morning, able to speak. Marcus, you've left your glasses up here. You won't be able to follow along without them. <laughs> yeah, wonderful to be able to have the opportunity to to speak to you this morning. We're back in our series in Acts. Uh, those of you here last week, you would have heard from Steph Liston. I wonder if you were challenged like I was by Steph's word, I'd really, really encourage you if you didn't hear it last week to go back and listen to what he uh, said to us. But I don't know about you, but I've also been challenged and encouraged by what we've been hearing through our series in the book of Acts that we've been doing since Christmas. In fact, I've been I'm so encouraged, I've been enjoying the series so much that I've wanted us almost to slow down, to spend longer on some of the passages and chapters that we've been, we've been looking at, and I wish that all the more when I realized I had the whole of chapter 8 of Acts to draw from uh, for this preach this morning. There's so much in uh, this, this chapter, and I'll, I'll do my best uh, to kind of bring it to you and to open it uh, for you, and I trust God will, will help me uh, as, I, as I speak I'm going to focus on the first part of Acts chapter 8, the first eight verses. So those of you with Bibles, you might want to turn there now. We're going to be in Acts chapter 8, verses 1 to 8. And I'm going to look at this section of the book because it describes a big event, a seismic, you might say, event that really is the context for all of the other episodes, incidents that follow in the rest of the chapter. And this, this big event, this seismic event, is the persecution and subsequent scattering of the church from Jerusalem. So up to this point, as we've been hearing, as we've gone through the series, uh, the Jerusalem church has been been growing. The Spirit was poured out at Pentecost. There were salvations. People were drawn into this new family, the the Jerusalem church. They supported one another in all sorts of different ways and saw uh, wonders happen. But now here, at this point, we see this family scattered beyond the walls of Jerusalem to Judea, Samaria and beyond. And as we look at this opening to the book, I'm going to focus on the word scatter. I'm going to use that word scatter, scattering, to kind of unlock what I think are some lessons these verses have for us, and this chapter has for us. I'm going to consider three questions, bring three questions to you and try to try to answer them. The first question is, what does scattering or to scatter mean? Okay, straightforward, but we'll nail that down anyway. What does to scatter or scattering mean? Then secondly, I'm going to ask what happens when God's people are scattered, or what happens when God's people scatter? And lastly, I'm going to ask what difference does the gospel make to God's scattered people? So what does scattering mean? What happens when God's people scatter, and what difference does the gospel make for God's scattered people? people. Okay? So that's where we're we're going to go and I'll read the passage now. So we're in Acts 8 verses 1 to 8. And it begins and Saul approved his execution now I should pause here actually so the his referred to there his execution that's Stephen who Gough was talking about in his preach a couple of weeks ago and Saul uh, it's the first time we come across him I think uh, but we'll certainly be coming back to him I think probably even even next week but Saul approved of Stephen's execution and there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem and they were all scattered. Throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Devout men buried Stephen and made great lamentation over him. Some translations say mourning there. But Saul was ravaging the church, and entering house after house, he dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. Okay, so now, we're at verse four. Now those who were scattered went about preaching the word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them Christ. And the crowds, with one accord, paid attention to what was being said by Philip. Um, sorry. And the crowds, with one accord, paid attention to what was being said by Philip when they heard him and saw the signs that he did. For unclean spirits, crying out with a loud voice, came out of many who had them, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed so there was much joy in that city so a first question what does to scatter or scattering mean and i think a good definition i thought a little bit uh, about this scattering means to take the taking up of something some things that have been held close together and their separation and distancing from one another, to scatter, to take up some things that have been held closely together to separate them and distance them from one another. And I know in this room there are some avid bakers. Okay, bear with me. Baking, we're on baking. There are some avid bakers in this room. And those of you who are avid bakers will know that many cake recipes call for you to scatter things or sprinkle scatter or sprinkle a topping across a cake. So when you've baked it, when you've iced it, you have to get from a packet some chocolate shavings, some chocolate sprinkles, some flake nuts, I don't know, what, you prefer, whatever the recipe calls for, and scatter them or sprinkle them across the top of a cake. Those of you, perhaps, with less culinary skill, and I would Im- include myself in this category, this example might, might help you more. Have you ever got a pizza from a supermarket And you've opened it up at home to put it in the oven, and you've found that somehow the toppings on the pizza have migrated to one half, one quarter, one section of the pizza. It's very, very strange that. It's a strange, strange phenomenon. I'm sure, hopefully, some of you can identify with it. What do you do in that situation? Well, you take up the toppings that have become concentrated in this place, right, and you scatter them. Over the pizza, you take up the pepperoni, the chicken, the mushroom, the, the pineapple, if you're that way inclined, and scatter them, sprinkle them across the top of the pizza, scattering the taking up of things and the separation and distancing from one another. And of course, as we know, people can also be scattered I want you to cast your minds back to a preach Toby did a couple of months ago, kind of right back at the beginning of our series on Acts. And the title of his preach, that preach that he gave, uh, was They Were Together. And in that preach, Toby described the kind of vibrant life the vital life of the Jerusalem church following Pentecost. He said they were together in prayer. They were together around tables sharing food. And you know, we've read in, we've seen in Acts all the wonderful things that happened. People were added to their number. And you can think of the preach, this preach here today as a, almost as a partner preach to Toby's preach, They Were Together because at this point in the book of acts as i've said in the introduction right we see this community this close knit jerusalem church scattered you see, it goes, they go to Jerusalem, uh, Samaria, and beyond. And later in Acts 11, I wanted to get a map, but unfortunately I couldn't, couldn't find a, an appropriate one. But these are, these are areas outside of Jerusalem, you know, many miles apart from each other. We read in Acts 11 that, um, that some of the Jerusalem church were, were scattered even further away to Antioch, Phoenicia, and, and Cyprus. And of course, as we've seen, there are dear men and women, a crucial part of this Jerusalem church family, who are now in prison, And and Stephen, as we read, has has been separated from the church family by death. And I'll come back to considering the kind of separation and distance that that death entails uh, shortly. The point for now, though, is that the Jerusalem church had been taken up, separated and distanced from one another. It had been scattered. So we've seen earlier in Acts what the people of God should be like, an example of what the people of God should be like when they are together. And in this passage, we see what the people of God should be like when they are scattered, when they are taken up uh, and distanced from one another. And I wonder if a, you have been part of a community that has been scattered and in this passage, we see uh, we're reading about a community that has been scattered, a church divided in the face of violent persecution, and it's the kind of dispersal that we see in conflict zones today, right? And we, of course, we you know you can't uh, you know, be listening to this, I think, and not think of the Ukraine. You know, given what Marcus was was saying and what we what we see on the news, uh, courageous churches in the Ukraine. We heard on Friday at First Friday prayer, that some of the leaders are staying in this conflict zone to bless people, but other members of those churches will be moving away, right? They'll be moving into Poland, other surrounding countries, okay? These churches in the Ukraine are being scattered, and there is a very direct parallel, I think, between what we're reading about in this passage and between what's going on there at the moment. It's not religious persecution, but they are being divided, separated from one another as a result of violence, And most of us uh, here, I think this would be fair to say, uh, have not had to endure being scattered from a precious community or uh, being, uh, uh, seeing a community divided uh, because of violence due to that kind of violence. But I think there are also kind of scatterings that can happen without violence or persecution, but which nonetheless do have the effect of distancing us, separating us from One another, and you may have experienced something like that a process like that. To to give an example, I had um, a kind of close knit group of friends, all of whom were part of the church family here at King's. This is about five or six years ago now, and I, you know, I smile to think of them now, and and when I think about them, the reason I smile is because when I look back, we were together in many of the ways in which the Jerusalem church was described as being together, right? We were around tables, especially the the guys, some of the guys I live with, were around table. we ate together every day, we prayed together, right? We studied God's word together, we encouraged one another, we exhorted one another. In some cases, we even saw kind of miracles, like wonders happen, It was a wonderful time, a wonderful community within the larger kind of family, wonderful family of King's Community Church. Uh, You might remember Tim and Emma Hughes and... Uh, James and Jess Wilson, right? And we heard from both of those couples on different Sundays before Christmas in, in the autumn. We heard about you know, where they've landed now. And, and both uh, Tim and Emma and James and Jess were part of this, this group, this, this community that I've just been, just been talking about. But of course, as we, we heard from both of them before Christmas there, uh, Tim and Emma are now in Liverpool. James and Jess are, are, are down in Beckles. I mean, it's, Beckles isn't far, but, but there's still a sense that in which we have been scattered. Yeah, I'm here in Norwich, there, Tim and Emma in Liverpool, James and Jess in Beckles, others that were part of this group of friends, this community, scattered, separated from one another, distanced. And although you know, they, these people I'm just talking about now, they, you know, they went for, for, for good reasons, right? They, they, were, they were called. Um, you know, they weren't being persecuted here and Nonetheless, I think this passage in Acts still speaks to that kind of scattering, right? Scatterings that are not just the consequence of persecution. And I wonder if, as I'm talking, what I'm saying might, might resonate with you. I wonder if you've ever felt like uh, kind of maybe a church you've been part of, or, or, or a life group, or as I say, like this kind of close community of friends that I've just been describing is on like fragile ground. Are uh, you worried that it is kind of scattering as, as kind of key people move away? I think, you know, the longer you live, the more likely you are to experience this, right? I mean, even if you're very young, maybe if you've just finished school, you might be experiencing something very different. Of course, guys are out, maybe they can listen to the recording. But I remember that when I was at school. We, we left, went our separate ways. We were, we were scattered, And this really is leading me on now to talk about the second question that I posed at the start, and I want to try and answer. What happens when God's people scatter? What can ensue when the members of a community, a church like the Jerusalem church, are separated from one another, distanced from one another? And there are two sides to the answer, I think. First, there is very often grief, sadness, sadness, and, and mourning. And I mean, I, I felt it when, you know, James and Jess went off to Beckles, when Tim and Emma went off to Liverpool, when others of that friendship group that I was talking about went to different places for different reasons. And I, and I feel it now. I've felt it much more recently. You know, when, uh, you know, friends of mine, people I'm close to, part of communities that I'm, I'm within, you know, they go to a different, different life group, perhaps, or they might go to a different site. There can be sadness. And mourning. Again, maybe this resonates with you. Has your heart ever cried, Lord, why are we being separated like this? What we have is so good. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is is from Psalm 133, and it says, How pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in in, in unity. And I kind of, why? Why are we? It's pleasant. It is pleasant. Why are we being split up like this? Why are we being distanced from one another? I don't know if you ever kind of, I guess, misused the Bible in that way to complain to, <laughs> to God. Um, why are we being separated in this way? And of course, for those, I don't want to suggest that, you know, my experience when I went through, say, with With Tim and Emma and James and Jess is is exactly the same as as the experience of people who've been scattered by violent conflict. For them, the grief and disorientation that that entails is so, so much deeper, right? And it's closer to the kind of response that I think the Jerusalem church would have had uh, to the situation they found themselves in being persecuted by Saul and some of the other Jewish leaders in Jerusalem. And we know uh, from this passage that the Jerusalem church did mourn deeply its it's scattering. The members of the church mourned their separation and division from one another. Verse 2, if you look, says, you know, they they lamented deeply. Uh, They lamented over, there was great lamentation, sorry. Some other translations say mourned deeply. And of course, if you read, uh, look back at the passage, that verse is referring specifically to their their feelings towards Stephen and, and his death. Um, but I think if it's not a, too much of a stretch to suggest that if they mourned Stephen in, in that way, they would not also mourn their separation from one another as they moved to different parts Judea, Samaria, Antioch, Cyprus, Phoenicia. Can't imagine, you know, they, they'd seen wonders as part of this Jerusalem. Church. They've been together around tables, they've been together in, in prayer. And now, can you imagine, as they're kind of hurrying away from the walls of Jerusalem, off to Judea, off to Samaria, places perhaps they, they've never been, what was, what was going through their minds? What happens as God's people scatter? What happens when God's people scatter? First, there is grief and, and mourning. But second, uh, as we read in verses 4 to 8, when God's people scatter, there is also new life and joy. There is new life and joy. Out of the persecution of the Jerusalem church, a circumstance that no one in the church would have ever wished to come about, came a scattering. But then from that scattering came growth right new life more salvation's more healing more hope the church in jerusalem was seeing many people come to know christ it was a thriving church right they were together and more people were being added to their number. But now suddenly, as a result of this scattering, there is a step change in the reach of the gospel. The goodness of the church in Jerusalem is taken to Samaria, as we read in the verses we've just we've just looked we're looking at, but then also to Judea. And then, and then through the Ethiopian that, that Paul preaches to at the sorry Philip uh, speaks to at the end of, of this chapter, it goes to, to Ethiopia and it's going to Antioch. it's going to Phoenicia. and of course, still at this point uh, the gospel, the Word of Christ is going to, 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 to Jews. So we're still to come to the point in Acts where the gospel is going to, to non jews We'll come to that in a couple of weeks' time. but nonetheless, as a result of this scattering, the gospel is going to many, many, many more. People. This did entail the Jerusalem Church for a moment uh, becoming, in a sense, diminished. But the Church, kind on of a universal, the Church is the body of believers over the, the world, grew. And of course, we know if we read on in Acts that the Jerusalem Church itself recovered and was part of that growth. The apostles left behind. We read, um, you know, in verse one, except the apostles. The apostles remained. In Jerusalem, and they clearly did not despair. They did not grieve, uh, they did not remain in grief over the, uh, the, the scattering of the church, the kind of the apparent undoing of everything that happened since Pentecost. They support Philip, as we read later in, in Acts 8, and as we see, as I said, as we go on through Acts, we see that they will have played a part in the Jerusalem church growing uh, again. The church universal grows as God's people scatter, and there is joy as as God works that scattering for the healing and restoration of those that are drawn into the church. I'll just read uh, verse 5 and verse 8 from the passage. And Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ, and then going to verse 8, so there was much joy in that city. So what happens when you scatter chocolate sprinkles or chocolate shavings over a cake or flake nuts? Why do you do that? Why do you sprinkle or scatter those toppings over the whole of the pizza after they've been concentrated in one place where are you going? It's because everybody gets a taste right. And through God scattering his people, we see in this passage we can be encouraged by this passage that everybody gets a taste of the gospel. When God's people scatter, everyone gets a taste, a vision of the goodness and mercy of Christ as they are drawn into his body, the church. And I remember this when I think about Tim and Emma Hughes and James and Jess Wilson and other friends who have been kind of scattered from uh, Norwich. I think of this, you know, I think of them plowing their lives into God's work in the places where they've landed, the part they play in making the gospel known there, as Philip did in Samaria. And I remember the apostles and what they did in Jerusalem following the scattering of the Jerusalem church that we read about in this passage. I remember the apostles as I continue to serve here. You know, these, these friends that I'm speaking of have, have gone away, but I, I'm still here. But I take encouragement from this passage that growth, new life can happen as God scatters his, his people. Okay, so the last question, what difference does the gospel make to God's scattered people? Well, I think God's scattered people can only bring the kind of new life and joy that the scattered Jerusalem church did when they have understood, when they have grasped the truth that the gospel opens to them. And and all people, a community, a family from which they will never be scattered, not by persecution, not even by Death, you know, we know, don't we, that we have we have eternal life. But sometimes I think that phrase "eternal life" can be a little a, a little a little cold. Perhaps I, I feel that way. Anyway, sometimes it can feel a little a little cold. A bit lonely, eternal life, but but it's eternal life in a community, in a family. God has drawn us in to a family, you know, the wonder of the Trinity, right? But other believers as well, all the millions upon millions upon millions of believers. These, we we are drawn into a community that will never be scattered, a family that will never be scattered, and there will be warmth there. There will be warmth. It will be warm, as warm as the best home you could imagine, as the best friendship group you can imagine. One of my favourite verses, uh, passages rather, uh, is is Revelation chapter twenty-one, uh, three to four, which describes kind of you know what we have to hope for. Uh, we were in the now and not yet, as Marcus was 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 talking about earlier. You know, we see conflict in the Ukraine still. You know, God's kingdom is breaking out, but we're not there yet. And this this passage refers to what we're ultimately hoping for, right? What what animated kind of Philip and the scattered Jerusalem church as they went to the, the different places that they, they headed to as they left Jerusalem. And Revelation twenty-one, three to four, says this God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. And this is the bit, uh, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. God with his people, with his people, in relationship, family, community, a loving father. You know, there's plurals in this passage. God is with them, there's a family of God there to be enjoyed for all eternity. There's no more death, scattered no more. People grieve the loss of, of communities, uh, families, friendship groups, even, even countries, nations. Um, they grieve their scattering for one reason or another, persecution, violence, or, or otherwise. Because communities give, a, give security, they give identity. Uh, and the uh, grief and loss uh, of these communities can be so crippling that, that people who have been scattered can't bring themselves to start again, to build or contribute to, to new communities. And it, and it strikes me, or it struck me reading this passage, that it would have been so easy for Philip and the other scattered believers from the Jerusalem church to become resigned, to, to, to give up believing that nothing could ever be as good as what they had in the Jerusalem church. Why bother witnessing? It was over. The church had been scattered. But Philip and the scattered members of the Jerusalem church knew the gospel that they had heard and preached. Philip would never get disheartened or resigned because Jesus had drawn him into a community, a family that would persist beyond death for all eternity. And it wasn't because of anything he'd done. He didn't have the failure that he wouldn't be able to establish the right kind of community. Christ had drawn him in in grace, and he was Christ is holding out uh, this offer of family, eternal family, uh, to to others in, in grace. It was Jesus and the eternal home that he holds out that was Philip's hope, not the Jerusalem church in and of itself, as wonderful as it was. Philip could start again in Samaria, and then, as we read in the rest of Acts, Again in Judea and again in Azotus and again in Caesarea because he believed that the best was yet to come. He was drawing people, offering out, holding out to people in Christ, in the hope of eternal life, life in a family that would never Be scattered. And the same was true of the apostles left in Jerusalem who simply could have despaired at what had been lost. But they helped Philip in Samaria. They re established the church in Jerusalem. They witnessed to people in Jerusalem, continued to do that. And the difference was the gospel. Yes, there would be grief at partings from beloved friends like, like Stephen, and grief and fear in being scattered from one another to different parts. Of the country, but we see in their actions that this scattered church, this Jerusalem church that had been separated, distanced, would, uh, would never be overcome to the point that they would not speak of the eternal home that Christ had opened to them. Um, Philip and the apostles recognized, wonderful as it was, the Jerusalem church uh, was not an end. God would reach out through scattering his church to more people, and to more people, and to more people, and to more people, up to today, where God still reaches out to draw people in through scattering his people, so that everyone might get a taste of the joy of eternal relationship with him. I wonder if you're part of the church Uh, Here at King's, have you found yourself wishing that we didn't start new sites? You know, we've got three sites. Those of you who've been here a while will know. You know, we started Mile Cross, was that 2009, 2010, City West, five or six years ago now. I wonder if you, at the time, you felt a bit nervous about that, a bit unsettled by it. I remember I did when when City West started. Uh, I wonder if you're you found yourself upset because your life group has multiplied or is, is planning to, to multiply. Um, I'll just say one more, one more story before I, before I wrap up a, you know, about, about this. So many will know Toby uh, and Jean, key, key couple here for us at King's, and now spending more of their time over at the church in Lowestoft, right? You know, helping support the, the church there in their uh, witness and mission to, to the town. Um, and uh, uh, Toby told me about this, told me about the plan that he and Jean had, how they'd heard from God about it, uh, what some other guys around them had, had encouraged them with. Uh, he told me about this, he told me this before before Christmas. And do you know the first thing that I said to Toby when he said, "Oh, you know, Gene, I feel it's right to go, go spend more time at Lowestoft. I said, I am disturbed. And that is a verbatim quote. I said, I am disturbed. I think Goff got this wonderful kind of vision assurance from God, and Toby told me, and I said, I am disturbed. And why did I say, I am disturbed? Well, because I felt in the moment like a community was being kind of scattered, right? You know, I'd seen James uh, and, and Jess leave to go to Beckles, Tim and Eva to Liverpool, others kind of scattered to other other parts. You know, then, then there's been a bit of a scattering in some ways because of COVID as well, haven't there? I mean, we still see some people less because, you know, many of you will be at home online, kind of distanced from us here uh, in a way. And this passage challenges me, right? It challenges me to expand my vision, to 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 put my hope, set my hope in Christ rather than in one or another particular set of of people. It reminds me that when God's people scatter, everyone gets a taste of the gospel as new communities, new churches are established and people are drawn in. Now, if the band want to come back up, I'll, I'll try to land this now. Uh, so I've mentioned already, these, these situations I'm talking about in, in the context of Kings, they're, they're not direct parallels with what's taking place here in Acts, right? The scattering of the Jerusalem church was obviously far more abrupt, kind of more violent, more unlooked for, and more, more complete. But. I still feel quite strongly that Philip's response and the response of the other believers that were scattered and the apostles who remained in Jerusalem should still encourage us as we face situations like the ones I've just described, you know, the multiplication of of a life group, a new site starting, some, some key people in the church family going and serving elsewhere or going on mission elsewhere. I think, you know, some questions it poses, will we, will we grow resigned, believing that nothing will ever kind of live up to kings as it was at a certain point in time, you know, before COVID, 10 years ago, 20 years ago? Will we grow resigned or, or discontent even, believing that no kind of life group will ever be as good as this life group that we were a part of, or that life group that we were, we were part of? Will we let these things stop us from plowing our lives into the new things God is bringing about as he scatters his people. Will we be like the scattered members of the Jerusalem church, gripped by the conviction that even in the aftermath of persecution, in Christ the best is yet to come. Will we pray? As Steph encouraged us last week, will we plow our lives into praying? You know, there are challenges, right, when, when things are on fragile ground, right, when communities are on fragile ground, when ones are, are leaving and going to different places, even for good reason. You know, we need to get before God. Will we, will we pray? And will we ultimately be confident that God makes himself known through his scattered people, confident that as his people scatter, new churches will be established and grow, and more and more people will get a taste of his goodness and grace. It's always been in our DNA at King's to gather, to be together, but it's also always been in our DNA to go Let's not stop uh, going now. Uh, I'll just pray for us and then Ben, do, do lead us. Yeah, Father God, I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Uh, you've drawn us into an eternal family, an eternal community that will never be thrown down or scattered. I thank you that that is through no work of our own. It is through your grace, your son Jesus Christ, and and I pray that this would be our solid rock, our foundation, the ground upon which we live, that when other communities seem to be fragile or when things seem to be on, um, on uncertain ground, that we would find our hope in you and all that you've done for us through Christ, and I pray that as a consequence, we would be bold in our on our witness we would be courageous as we look to see more people added to your church as we look to see your kingdom come i pray you would strengthen us when we do feel isolated when we do feel as if we have been scattered lord i pray that you would assure us that in christ the best is yet to come that new life can spring up there can be new hope We thank you for all you've done for us, in Jesus, Lord. And we we worship you now, Lord. Amen.